You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Bowtech Archery prides themselves on offering a bow for everyone. Whether you have a short draw length, a long draw length, pull 70 pounds or 40 pounds, you're a bow hunter or a target archer, they offer a bow that can be customized to fit your body type. On top of that, their deadlock technology allows you to fine-tune your arrow flight. Visit BowTechArchery.com and check out the SR350 and the CP28. Bowtech Archery, refuse to follow. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, happy Monday, happy Halloween. Welcome back to the Michigan Wild Podcast, and I'm your host, Marcus Ewing. All right, today on the podcast, I have Aaron Langtop, and Aaron and I have known each other for, I don't know, three or four years now. Um, we met at a, um, like a BHA pint night kind of thing, I guess it was, uh, at a local archery shop uh, in the area where we live, um, and just instantly kind of hit things off. Um, we last connected, uh, gosh, I guess this past summer. Um, at the uh, TAC event here in Michigan. And um, yeah, I just thought, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> Aaron would be a great guest to have on and just kind of catch up a little bit and just kind of BS. So today's episode is is really just kind of a good old-fashioned uh, BS session. Um, you know, uh, we talk about Aaron recently becoming a father. And when I say recent, I mean inside of a week <laughs> from when we're recording, from when we recorded. Uh, we talk about the season, um, how his has kind of played out so far, um, you know, the the tactics that he's using, uh, talking about going to saddle hunting, hunting public, hunting private, um, kind of the uh, pros and cons that come with each, uh, especially for his particular uh, scenario or setup. Um, we get into waterfowl hunting a little bit. Uh, it's something that Aaron has taken up uh, in recent years. Um, it's something that he, he really loves to do. Uh, so we talk about that. Uh, and really just, you know, good 40-minute catch-up session with uh, one of your buddies talking about hunting and things like that. So all in all, uh, just a great conversation, one I think you guys are going to enjoy. Uh, yeah, episode 10, Aaron Lengtop. Enjoy. Aaron, welcome to the podcast, Marcus. man. How are you, sir? Good, buddy. How's how was things going with you? Hey, man, they, they're going. It's, uh, you know, so we were just kind of catching up here before we, we started to record um, but I just started a new job this week and it's really, really, um, putting kind of a, I don't want to say a damp, a dampener on my hunting season, but 
it's certainly thrown a bit of a monkey wrench into it because I've been used to working from home and being a bit flexible. And if the weather looks right, I can just say, hey, I'm going to drive up and go hunting tonight. And now, sadly, that is not the case. So I'm dealing with it, man. I guess that's the best way to put it. So what's the new gig? Yeah, I'm I'm going to do some technical recruiting for a company. Okay. okay. Yeah, All it's right. uh um some friends of mine uh work there and have said good things about it. Um so yeah, um as time goes on, I'll I'll have a bit more flexibility in my schedule. Um but right now I like training and and doing a lot of that stuff and just trying to get my feet underneath me, but no, it'll be good. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to kind of the challenge of it. Okay. I mean, it's not, never bad to make changes like that. Some yeah. new avenues. Yeah, exactly. So um, I'll go ahead and put it on the record if that's all right. Congratulations on uh, adding the newest member to your family. That's super exciting, man. Thanks, Thanks man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. How does uh, How is that going to, uh, I don't want to say like put a, a wrinkle in your hunting plans because I mean, come on, it's, it's your firstborn. Like who right, cares, right? right? But you still going to get a chance to get out this year, or, or especially yeah, I mean, right okay. now? Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, and actually, it's it's funny you say that because we had the conversation today when my wife and I we had uh, the first doctor's appointment for the little girl today. And on our way back, I'm like, man, you know, the weather looks really good. It kind of looks like there'd be some deer moving around. And my wife's like, all right, well, like, when do you want to go? I'm like, oh, that this conversation is going a completely different way than I had anticipated it would. But yeah, you know, if that's if that's your cool response, yeah, that's. That's open game right there. Yeah, and of course, you know, it's as as you and I were having the conversation, we were going to talk, and the last three days is when my trail cameras have been blowing up and stuff's moving around. So it's like, okay, well, this is this is going to work out. Yeah. So typically, we try to. Um, so I hunt with my brother-in-law and father-in-law. Um, my in-laws own some property, and typically, like this Halloween-ish weekend, you know. And then uh, first weekend of November. And then usually, I mean, depending upon when rifle season starts, sometimes we'll be in the woods that weekend. Like, But if opening day is on like a Monday, I'm probably not even going up north to hunt until like Sunday just so I'm not making it like a five-day extravaganza kind of thing right. just for home's sake. Um, but yeah, this weekend, um, the weather is not ideal. Uh, at least it wasn't as of a couple days ago. Um, like I was looking at, yeah, it was supposed to be warm. There's like an East wind, which is super weird, um, for our area. And like looking at like the deer cast, it was like poor, 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 like the outlook for the weekend. So, but we have Halloween and like trunk or treat for the kids and like all this stuff going on. So I wasn't even gonna be able to go this weekend anyway. So I guess hopefully if that weather kind of stays bad, I won't have FOMO quite as, quite as much. Right. I've got a, uh, I've got a buddy of mine who lives about an hour and a half North of me and, uh, where we built our new house, we got lucky. And I mean, within five minute ride of my house is thousands of acres of state land. Oh really? Yeah. So we're right. Basic. I mean, not planned, but I'm, I'm glad it was a happy accident. I mean, we're right smack dab in the middle of all of it. So my buddy says, Hey, you know, you care. Uh, will your wife care if I come down for the weekend and you and I go hunting? And I'm like, well, thankfully the conversation with her went well today. So that's kind of our plan here coming up. <laughs> how, how does the area around you look? I mean, have you done quite a bit of scouting on it or, or been out at all this year? Not as much as I wanted to. Um, a lot of Onyx scouting, a yeah. lot of Onyx scouting. Um, just kind of, you know, surprisingly, there's a lot more topography 
and a lot more elevation change in the couple of pieces that are like the closest to my house, which I really wasn't expecting that much. Um, so I was able to go out and set a couple of cameras out in a few spots that looked good and so far so good. I mean, they, they can't, there's been deer on camera. And then I had one other day that I just, you know, for some reason was sitting at the house and I say, hey, I'm going to go today. I think it was like a second day or third day of bow season or something. Yeah. Weather, weather wasn't too bad. Um, wind looked okay. I mean, it was unseasonably warm for the beginning of October, like it typically is, but I'm like, screw it. Might as well go try it anyway. So hiked back into probably close to a mile back into a spot that just looked good on Onyx and got up, you know, sweating like freaking crazy. I'm like, (laughs) all right, well, this is miserable. Not going to see anything. And sure enough, the last hour of daylight, the only two deer that I saw were two shooter bucks. No kidding. And just couldn't get them close enough. I mean, they were, they were just kind of messing around with one another, but sitting at 60, 70 yards on the other side of some brush. But I mean, happy to at least be able to go in and and take a look and say, okay, this might work. And then you get in there and you're like, oh yeah, there is actually deer in here. So now, good at least. now being on public, have you, um, encountered a lot of other people just in like scouting or, you know, trucks on the side of the road or at trailheads or anything? Uh, usually there'll be a truck or two, but a lot of times, like I, I noticed this time, you know, earlier this month that I walked right by the guy who was parked next to me. And he was, I mean, he was probably a quarter mile in, from you know the trailhead and could see him he was walking the same way that i was going the opposite direction but looking at the map like he only could go another 200 yards before he was in private again so he was just hunting a lot closer to where the actual trailhead was but then i say that and as i got all the way back to the back of the property um i got down like right at dark where i could still kind of see and there was a spot that looked like there were some decent scrapes in there so i was going to check that out and then there was another guy who was coming out uh, who was a little deeper in than I was. So him and I chatted quite a bit. Actually, we walked all the way back to the trucks together. And a good dude, he said he'd been hunting that area for, I think, 15 or 18 years. Oh, wow. And uh, lives about an hour south of there. And he says, yeah, it's, you know, always good de- always good deer here. He says, typically, there's not a lot of people who hunt back here where I do. And I'm like, all right, cool. Well, guy was nice enough. And I, thankfully, like I said, it's only a couple miles from my house. So we exchanged phone numbers and I said, Hey, if you need anything, you shoot something, you want help dragging it out or vice versa. So the, so far, all the experiences have been good. Um, yeah, let's, let's hope it stays that way. Yeah, no, that's a good thing. Um, cause I got to imagine, um, you never know what that encounter is going to be like. You never know if the guy's going to be a dick, like, even though it's right. public land, but you know, guys, you know, who, tend to hunt the same piece of public for, like he said, 15, 18 years, like tend to get a bit territorial of it. But the fact that you had a good encounter, like that's, that's always reassuring, right? That he's not going to, you know, if he comes across one of your cameras, he's not going to try and swipe the camera or anything like that. Like he's going to be, he's going to be an upstanding guy. Right. Right. And I'm kind of, and thankfully, you know, I kind of feel the same way. I I try to have that good juju or or good karma. Yeah, there you go. Because uh, the same thing, as I was scouting a couple of these properties, I did walk by a few cameras. And the funny part was I scouted in probably August and found a really, really good scrape line on one of the pieces. And as I went back, like three or four days before bow season started, walked into where the scrape line was, found a, which was surprising, beginning of October, a scrape that was already broken open. Oh, really? All right, if it was me, I'd put this camera and like I'd try to put the cameras up higher. Just yeah. so, oh, yeah. it, I mean, if people are going to steal them, they're going to steal them. It is what it is. Um, but at least, you know, they got to work for it a little bit. So I try to take at least one climbing stick with me and get it up 
eight, 10 feet in the air and point it downward. That's a good idea. And uh, as I was looking at the scrape, I'm like, man, this tree right here would be a good spot to put the camera. There was already a guy who had a camera there <laughs> and it's pointing right at the same place. I'm like, all right, well, backed off of it like 40 yards to the nearest, you know, well, uh, well-traveled trail and just put it on that instead. But yeah, try to, I try to at least think maybe probably doesn't do anything, but at least think that if you're decent to other people, hopefully that good luck come back around to you. But, yeah. Oh, for sure. Now you said you hiked back in like a mile. Are you, yeah. uh, are you using just like a hang on? Are you saddle hunting? Have you joined this, excuse me, the saddle hunting crowd or what's I, your setup look like? Okay. I did. So I have had one for a few years, uh, probably four or five years. And I just sold that one, got a new one this year. So still trying to fine tune the setup and everything. And I mean, I don't, I don't use it as much as I probably should, but this year's way different. Um, I think you and I have talked about this in the past. I normally hunt a bunch of private land out in eastern Michigan um, where my, I kind of grew up with my family and everything. So we have a little bit of acreage out there that I've always hunted private ground. Well, now being where I'm at, it's an hour and a half away from that private land. I'm trying to use what I have around me. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause me to do a few things a little bit different and right. learn quite a bit. Um same principles as hunting anywhere else, obviously deer are deer. They do, they do the same thing, different areas. Right. So just trying to, uh, trying to get that all figured out. Yeah. So the reason I ask is I, uh, I bought a saddle two, two years ago Mm -hmm. and like pulled it out of the box and I didn't get it till like Christmas time. Right. So like I was past the season coming into last season, like during the summer, I was like, all right, I need to like get this thing figured out. I need to get comfortable shooting out of it, this and that. And of course, like summer comes and goes, we get into the season. It's like, well, I never even pulled it out of the box. Didn't have time. Yep. Yeah. Such is life. And so literally this year, this summer, of course, same thing. Said I was going to do it. Didn't end up doing it. And then like five days ago, I was like, man, this is the time of year where even though I'm hunting private and we have, you know, set up, I mean, we've got... I don't know, 150, 160 acres, something like that. And I mean, we've got either box blinds or hang-ons or ladder stands. We have, you know, over a dozen stands throughout the property, right? So I've got a lot of options for a lot of wins. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, but this is the time of year where you want to be, you want to be mobile, right? You don't want to be kind of pigeonholed to what's already out there. One, you know, if you've hunted it a bunch, the deer are already wise possibly to, exit routes, entry routes, you know, just your scent being in that general area. So I pulled it out and I was like, oh man, this is, I think I I think I can make this work. Like I, for my harness, I use a, instead of like your traditional, like shoulder harness mm-hmm. with a pass-through, I use a, like a rock climbing harness, harness okay. just because I, I just don't like, like having to the pass-through. I don't know. I don't know why. I'm it's just bulky. weird like that. It's it, not, it, always, it feels weird to me too. It I, does. And plus like if you want to like add layers or take layers off, like it's one thing to have to, if you're going to add a layer to like take the bino harness off in this tree stand. But it's another thing like when you're dicking with, you know, the harness and, and the pass-throughs, if you've got it or you've got to wear it on the outside of your jacket, it's like, it's just, I was like, I'm done with this. So yeah. like, it's such a game changer, man. Like it's so nice having, and it was like 60 bucks, right? Like, okay. yeah. It's, uh, so it, it's very similar to that. It's exactly kind of what that feels like when I okay. was putting it on, but realized I don't have any spare climbing sticks. So I'm like, well, back to the drawing board. <laughs> hey, I mean, it happens. You had, you had one good plan at least. I did. 
and I was I was like, oh, I can shoot from my deck, like you know, just just to practice, right? Like shoot from uh, like the one of the pillars on the yeah. underside of my deck, and no, nope, such is life. But you gotta, I'm I'm telling you, it's I did I had made that mistake the first year um, of not like, shooting, oh, not shooting, and you know, I I mean, obviously I shot my bow like typical I could try to shoot as much as I possibly can and usually do you know a couple archery tournaments or do the total archery challenge or something so try to shoot often yeah and uh first year I got that thing I didn't and I'm like it's gonna be the same like it's no big deal you know you're shooting you're shooting from a height a lot of like you're a tree stand I am was dead wrong it is totally different you definitely need to take the time to shoot uh just because the principles are the same, but you have so many different angles and so many different, your weight is in so many different points than what you're not used to when you're shooting out of a tree stand. Yeah. And I'd never even thought about that until the first time I had to take a shot at a doe and, and it was, it was a mess. It was just a mess. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause whenever I'm in the tree stand, like for one, I try to take, if possible, I try to take my shots sitting down. Like I just feel comfortable doing it. Yeah. You know? But if I'm like, let's just say I happen to be standing up at the time when a deer comes in, it's like, okay. And the the thing that's always going through my mind, right? Like if I need, if it's like a steep angle, like bend at the waist, like don't like bend your arms and all that stuff, yep. right? You know? So with the, with the saddle, like, yeah, like that, that kind of throws that whole thing out of the window, or at least my like train of thought with that, right? Yes. Where it's like, okay, just bend here. It's like, well, I'm kind of like half sitting down, half standing up, like, Yep. kneeling like it's it's yeah i can see why and i've i mean you're not the only person i've heard a lot of people preach like you need to practice out of the saddle you need to practice you need to practice so as much as i was like excited about the potential of using one especially you know as as the pre-rut's going on and you know kicking off into the rut and in, in the next week or so here um i was excited to potentially have it but i just don't think it's going to work out this year yeah well like you said, such is life. It is what it is. You'll, I mean, it's the same, same kind of, but you're hundred percent right. Like it's, it's, it's been a game changer for me too, because the same, same property situation that you have, like we have stands all over the place and you know, you know, which one you need to go to for certain wins. But sometimes, like you said, that you figure out where you're at and change their patterns or change their travel routes and go basically in between your stands. Yep. So being able to get that thing in there pretty quick and fairly quiet. I mean, you're always going to make with sticks and, and anything that has any sort of metal or anything that can clank, you're going to make some noise. It is, it is what it is, but it gives you the ability to at least go in and try to get as close as you possibly can to them. Yeah. So aside from that, like opening week, have you had a chance to get out anymore no. this season? No. Yeah. Yeah. So I've sat three sits. I sat October 2nd. And it was, it, what's weird is we had an east wind that weekend too. And we hung this, we hung a new stand, uh, this year on this, uh, on this field edge. And it's our, we have, let's see, one, two, three, four food plots, uh, four or five food plots on our property. And this one that we set this up on is, is our biggest one. And it's, I mean, it's, it's really big. Um, and we kind of have even have it broken up. Like we try to put like screens, plant screens in there. So it feels a bit more secluded than, than what it really is. So that first weekend we had an East wind. We're like, okay, well we can sit this. My brother-in-law sat it Saturday night and saw, I don't know, a dozen deer, um, a lot of does and a couple, you know, like young bucks, year and a half olds, things like that. And I wasn't there. 
came up Sunday night to hunt, like drove up because it's about a two and a half hour drive for me. Drove up in the afternoon, sat that same stand. I saw, I had three, two and a half to three and a half year old bucks that. Really? Yeah. Like the first one came out and he was feeding down towards like my little window because I'm set off the field just a touch. And we didn't cut a lot out because the tree's going to um, lose lose right. its leaves. So we want at least some cover with the branches. Um, and this one's feeding out and I see it and I'm like, all right, like he was he was a nice two and a half year old buck. And there's nothing wrong if you want to shoot that, hey, shoot that thing all day yep. long. I just knew we had some bigger deer. Plus, I could see at least one to two other deer like down in this corner where it came from that I didn't know what they were. So I'm like, I'm not going to get too excited yet. Plus he was feeding towards me. He kind of almost gets to my window and kind of like does a 180 and starts feeding back to where he came. So I'm like, all right, well, no harm, no foul. And the wind was in my face. And then about two or three minutes later, the second one comes out and he's bigger. He's, he's a, he made me pick up my bow. Let's say that, okay. right? Like he made, yep. and he was feeding like at a pretty good clip and he was almost to my window where I could at least get a range on him, figure out what I really wanted to do. And all of a sudden that nose goes up in the air and he, he wasn't acting like he winded me per se, because like I said, the wind was in my face and he was out in front of me. And I don't know if something was, I, I want to say something was like upwind of him and he caught that. But when he turned to run out, he ran back upwind. So I'm like, did the wind just swirl? Could have. You know? Definitely could have, yeah. Because, you know, he didn't like take off like a bat out of hell. Like he, he just kind of bounded away like through this field. The second, the first buck that I saw went with him. Then there was a third one down in the corner that was bigger than both of them. That I only saw his ass end and his horns as he was running away. Um, so I was a little bummed about that. And then I think I saw, I mean, that was like, five o'clock, five thirty. I mean, it was super early in the evening. Um, and then like one doe the rest of the night went up, uh, it was like a week later on a Friday night, didn't see a single deer, which was very heartbreaking because, <clears throat> excuse me, it was that, um, that weekend we had that big temperature drop. I mean, it was yep. mid, it was mid October, but I mean, it went from like 70 to 40 in one yeah, day. In, so I'm in, like, yeah, in a day. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this should, you know, this should be just, this should just get them on their feet anyway. Yeah. Didn't no, see I any mean, deer. Oh and that last Tuesday, so just over a week ago, um, weather was just, it was kind of that spitty rain, snow. It had done that all day Monday and kind of into Tuesday. I was like, man, if those deer were hunkered down at all, cause that's when like the UP and everything got all that snow, right? That yep. Sunday into Monday. Yep. And it was still, <clears throat> kind of trickling down to like, you know, Northern Michigan, Northern lower or whatever. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go hop in the truck, drive up, sitting this spot where I killed a deer two, three years ago. I killed the deer out of typically a good spot. It's real tight to bedding. And it's like on this backside of this food plot. So they almost use it as like, and the wind was in my face. So they're kind of using that little back corner to either like, kind of set up before they go out into the field or, you know, deer will just cross through there and just kind of scent check that field where they're kind of out of sight. <clears throat> and yeah, five 30, all of a sudden I look up and I see a buck coming right out of this bedding and he gets that field edge, grab my bow. And I'm like, 
looking at him like, God, he looks kind of funny. Like, and we have a deer that we have pictures of that. He's, he's a really big deer. He's, he's like a 10 point frame on his left side and his right side is like just a club. Like it's, it's, oh, it's no, the cool, kidding. it's the coolest looking deer. Like, I don't know what happened, but I would shoot him for sure. Cause he's just, he oh, yeah. just, he looks that cool. And this deer looked very similar. And I'm like that, like the right side that is a club. I'm like, it doesn't look like a club. It just looks like it's broken off. Like I couldn't really see. And he was walking fairly fast, walking right to this scrape that was 25 yards away from me. And I went to full draw and he like turned his head at the last minute and I got a good, like really good look at it. And I let down and I like at the time I was like, yeah, I'm good with this. I'm okay with this. I made the right decision. He wasn't the one I wanted. And then he like walked kind of like much closer to me as he was walking away. Like he got to like probably 10 yards, no shot, but like right underneath me. And then I started like, maybe I should have let it go. Maybe yep. I should have let that arrow fly, but yeah. Remorse right afterwards. <clears throat> and he's, he's, uh, he's, he's five on one side, but he's broken off right at his G2, um, on his other side. So he's only got the brow and the G2 on his other side. Yeah. I think he's still a young deer though. I think he's like, he didn't have a ton of mass for being, you know, potentially a 10 point before he was broke yeah. off. But I don't know. I'm excited to see what starts to show up here in the next couple of weeks. If I can get a chance to get out. I was going to say, that's, that's good. You at least have some stories to tell. Cause I mean, I've got, I've got the one day and then you, you never realize how much you pay attention to the weather until you're not sitting in a deer stand and yeah. you just, you know, going, going to and from work and coming home. And I, like, I'll constantly, even this morning, this morning was a really good example. Like, you know, we've got the baby and we were up all night with her and, and everything and getting up early this morning and wake up and let my dog out and frost all over the ground. Yep. You feel that and, crunch under your feet. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, this is great. Like my dad's the same way. My I text my dad. I'm like, man, if, if, if there was any morning that the deer would be moving so far this year, it's gotta be this one. Well, especially and, after uh, all that warm weather, right? Exactly. Exactly. But he, he told me the total opposite. He's like, I'm usually on his drive into work as they live, you know, kind of out in the country too. And he's got a 15, 20 minute ride in. And it's a lot of farm fields. He's like, I didn't see one deer on the ride in. Really? Like, that's shocking to me. Yeah. I mean, it's things like that. Like that story particularly right there that makes makes me think I know absolutely freaking nothing about deer. 100%. (laughs) Right? Because you and I were like the exact same thing. About 630. Let the dogs outside. You know, it's nice and dark. Got like a hoodie on. I'm like, ooh, a little brisk, you know? And then you're like... You hear that first step of the dogs on the grass and you're like, oh, I know what that sound is. I'm like, tonight would be, or this morning would be great to be in a tree stand and nothing. Yeah. But I mean, it's the same way though. Same, same, but different. You have, I've been out when it's raining and nasty and, you know, 65, 70 degrees in October and then there's freaking deer everywhere. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, you never know. I mean, they're going to do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it. And I'm, you, you can have somewhat of an idea when, you know, like in particular, like this week, like the time that we're at this time of year right now, we know for really the next like two, maybe three weeks, they're just going to be dumb. Like, I mean, they're, that, yeah. this is when they're going to be running all over the place. And this is the best chance that you have catching a buck or even, I mean, even a doe, if that's what you're trying, you're trying to fill the freezer, but I'm going to be in that mode here pretty quick. Yeah. But, oh Yeah. If, if you're if you're trying to trying to get a nice buck, these three weeks are probably your best time of the year, I would say personally. But yeah, and I've for whatever reason I've always been a big like 
first week of November, like November 7th has just been, it's just been a day that, I mean, three of the last four years I've either shot a deer, shot at a deer, or just had a lot of really good encounters for whatever reason, November 7th. Um, but the, and a lot of people love late October, like they love the pre-rut, whatever you want to call it. And just swear by the, you know, I've seen people say like, give me late October over early November all day long. And I'm like, man, my experiences have just not lent themselves to let me feel that way. Yeah. And I'm usually like, like the trips that I've taken out of state in the past are usually anywhere from like right now, like today's the 27th of October. So from October 27th, 26th, somewhere in there to like November 5th or 6th. Like yeah. those, that 10 day, eight, 10 day span is when I would try to do anything like that. Yeah. So when it does come time, like prime time, are you going to be heading back to your parents? Or are you just going to hunt that piece of public next to you? Uh, I'm probably, probably going to do both. Yeah. Um, going to definitely try, especially now, like the, the, I'm getting surprisingly, I'm getting more pictures on the public cameras than I am on my parents' camera. I wonder so, if they're starting to get pressured. Yeah, maybe. And they could be getting pushed around and, and still, I'm, I'm a little more hesitant to do that because the cameras are a clear dictator to me to tell you how much pressure there is because they're still like all the bucks that I'm seeing on the public land cameras are all still in, in dark. Like, I mean, 10, 10, 11, 12, okay. one o'clock, somewhere they're not, there. they're not daylight yet. No, no, no. But the ones at my parents' place are, mm. those are coming out in the daylight now. So it's, which catch 22 for me. So it's, I mean, it's hard for me to get out there. So maybe weekends I'll try to peel out and see if I can have any luck out there. I always try to spend a uh, firearm opener out there okay. if, if I have the ability to. Yeah. Falling on a Tuesday this year is rough. Yeah, it's not great. No, but I mean, plus look at it this way. Like you have a, I don't want to say a built in excuse, but like now grandma and grandpa want to see the baby. They want to see the grandbaby, right? Like it's like, oh yeah, yeah. let's go out to my parents for the day. And that's, that's the same thing too. My, my dad even made the comedy. He says, hey, well, you're going to, you're going to come out here on the 15th, right? I'm like, well, it depends on, you know, how, uh, how the baby is and making sure everything's good. And my dad, without skipping a beat, he's like, how about this? How about you come up here and I'll send your mom down there and, and that'll solve the issue. I'm like, okay, if, if that'll work, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. He just like offered her up like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Like just send, just send her to, to stay at your house and we'll just, uh, we'll just swap for the day couple yeah, days absolutely because if you can drive up in the morning you can head back after you hunt at night it'd be, it'd be perfect yeah the day the art of the day trip exactly exactly so that might happen we'll, we'll see I'll, I'll keep you updated <laughs> so aside from whitetail hunting which i mean as much as i know you and i love it neither one of us have really gotten a, a, a chance to do much of it this year for no. you know the reasons we've talked about have you had a right. chance to do uh any duck hunting i did uh we we made that out for opening weekend um, same kind of thing out, out at my parents' place. Cause they're out in the middle of the thumb area. So we were basically trying to scout more for geese in the area. Yeah. Um, my dad has my, both my parents have lived there their whole lives. And my dad happens to, uh, sell tractors for okay. John Deere. So he knows, deals with a lot of the farmers in the area. <clears throat> so we ran up there the Friday before or the day before opener and just spent the whole day driving around scouting trying to find where the ducks and the geese were in the fields and everything. And we're able to find them. Um, but the guy who, whose property was, didn't want anybody hunting on it. So next best thing, we were in the field directly next to that one and trying to get him to come over. We, we had, did pretty decent. Um, obviously not as well as you could have, if you'd have been in the field that they wanted to be in, but yeah, 
it's it's a good time. We I always like to do that. And, now, um, yeah. now I know you have a you have a lab just because we know each other and I know that that kind of information. Yes. Is he uh he or she a, a hunting dog or the the only thing my labs are good for are hunting treats in my house, <laughs> and they are immaculate at that. They do great. <laughs> Champion bloodline, <laughs> they, eh? <laughs> yeah, I mean they they are the definition of a house hippo. I mean they they just they find whatever good spot on the couch they want and they chill out there. I mean the the one that we have it was a rescue lab. Okay, and she's um she probably has more of a drive to do so than my purebred lab that we had. But the she stops basically at the getting in the water and at the gunshot thing. So two pretty critical components to kind a of bird important. dog. Yeah, kind of important. Yeah, so we have we have two labs. Um, we have um, our oldest lab. I mean, she's like she's not even two yet, and uh, we bought her. I bought her. We, my wife and I, uh, yeah. but it was with the intention of of training her to to be a bird dog. Yeah, and I just I fell short. Bottom line falls on me. She's a great dog. She has a ton of drive, and a lot of people are like, you know, they tell me like. She's not too old. Like you just, if she has bad habits, you know, you just need to break those habits or whatever. I mean, she's a phenomenal dog, great house dog, minds well. Um, she was, when she was young, the loud noises she did not like. Now I haven't actually fired a gun in front of her, but I'm talking like I'd run the vacuum in the house and she would like hightail it upstairs. Oh no. Yeah. Which she's, she's since gotten better. Like that they don't, that, that type of thing doesn't seem to bother her. Um, but yeah, she's a great dog. September, I went and bought her little brother from a second litter. Um, so I have have been training him to the best of my ability. I'm not going to claim to be some like world class dog trainer, um, but that's the that's the plan because I grew up waterfowl hunting and I I just miss it. I, I really want to get back into it, and I feel like getting a dog is and training him is is going to force me to do that. I was just going to say it's a good start. Definitely I, a good start. But the thing is, is like I did it when I was so young. I don't, I don't know the first thing about waterfall hunting, other than you know, calling and decoys and you know, like yep. kind of the generic stuff. But like, like I can't blow a duck call. Nope, can't do it. I'm a, I'm a very firm believer in trial and error. Um, that's, that's. I got a lot of buddies that are the same way, and you know, asking, and I'm by no means definitely same way as you. I'm not a champion duck caller by any means, or I don't know. I'm sure I'm going to mess up a spread every time I do it. But the one thing I do know is they can see a lot better than you think. Yes. So you need to be way more hidden than you think is good. And you need to be quiet at least while they're in the air over top of you. I mean, yeah. You can, you can converse and have fun and, and you know, it can be a good, good time, which is why I love duck hunting so much. But yeah, just those couple of staples, which is the same thing as what you're going to do with, you know, for deer hunting. Yeah. See yeah. deer, you're not going to have an open conversation while it's happening. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of those same principles, which is fine, but I do like the the camaraderie, right? Me of too. like of sitting yeah. in a duck blind, something like that. And you know, when I was young, you know, we would either be on a boat or uh I don't even know, there's probably a name for it, but I don't know, but like the little tea seats that would, you know, you'd stick in the mud and you'd yep. be, you know, you know, standing in, you know, a foot and a half, two foot of water, uh, you know, just sitting on this thing. Like that was that was how we hunted when I was a kid. Yeah, no, it's, it's I mean, that's, I, I got, I don't know how it happened so fast or I guess how I never was exposed to it really until a couple years ago, um, probably four or five years ago now, 
uh, one of my good buddies was the same way that he grew up duck hunting and I just never did it. I mean, knowing what I know now about it, the area that I grew up deer hunting with my parents, you know, on their property, all of the surrounding area. I mean, there's just down the road from there, there's a couple thousand acres of state land as well. And it's all ponds. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, it's, it's all marsh, it's all ponds. And until a couple years ago, I didn't realize how good of an area that actually is to do some hunting. So just never had anybody to teach or anything like that. Well, a couple of years ago, thankfully one of my buddies got me into it and it's my wife probably hates it because it's just been one more thing for me to do now Yeah, in, in the fall. But I mean, it's, it's great. Like we try to take, uh, we try to take a trip out of state. Uh, I've become friends with another guy who runs an outfitter in Oklahoma. So I try to make a trip down to see him every year. How's that? It's awesome. Is it? It, it is awesome. It's yeah. I, I mean, hard, hard to describe to be honest with you. Like the, the amount of, the amount of birds that you see there in a day is, is three seasons worth here in Michigan. It is absolutely insane. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, is that, that's probably what, just west of like that big flyway? Is that right? Yeah. So I think, I want to say it's a central flyway. Okay. They are down there. Um, and he's within a few hours of Oklahoma city. So, I mean, it's, it's a trek to drive down there. I mean, it's quite a few hour drive, but uh, it's worth it. I mean, we, we go down there. Yeah. That's, stay for that's a part of, of it. Yeah. I mean, we like this last year, um, we just, there's three guys in the truck and, you know, just switch off driving down there. You can get through a 16 hour drive pretty quick. Yeah. Everybody drives a few hours and you call it good. I, I got, get so amped up about going that this last year I got in the truck. I think we left, left Michigan at like two o'clock in the morning or something like that. And obviously stopping for gas, but I'm like, all right guys, I'm just going to keep going until I can't drive anymore and drove all, I think all but like three hours. <laughs> I'm just like, we we got to get down here. We got to gotta get here as quick as we can. The drive back was significantly different, but the drive down there, you're just so amped up to be there that uh, time goes by pretty quick. Yeah, that's a, a little tip for anyone that's doing any type of road tripping. I mean, not necessarily to, to drive for 80% of it, but yeah. take that first leg. Always take the first oh, leg. Absolutely, absolutely. By the time you get to the coming back, the guy who had the third leg coming back because we were – I think he had to drive, I want to say it was from like uh, 11 o'clock until like four o'clock in the morning Ooh. while the other two were sleeping, while me and the other guy were sleeping, which that's, that's got to be the worst drive. Yeah. That's a real rough stretch. Oh yeah. Yeah. But he made it work. So he made it back. All right. Yeah. Um, I mean, what else do you have planned for the fall? I mean, you know, so having a baby is, I mean, it's like I said, or we maybe, I can't remember if we talked about it when we first started recording or before we were, but that just, it kind of reshifts uh, your priorities. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And like, I remember, um, now thankfully my daughter was born in December. My son was born in April, but you know, leading into uh, my daughter being born, like it, it kind of changed my priorities a little bit. It was more of, I mean, this is, you know, almost six years ago now, but it was, well, I'm, I, I don't need to go hunting today. If, you know, yeah. if, if my wife's not feeling well or something happens, like I would just, I'd feel terrible, right? That I was yes. like, oh, you'll be fine. You'll be good. Someone's a phone yeah. call away and it's just yeah. not me kind of thing to, to be able to be there. So any other, any like out of state trips or anything planned this year? Uh, I, I think aside from I'm, I'm making the trip back down to Oklahoma again. Okay. Um, I think that's it. Uh, I'm just going to try to stick around here, you know, try to, try to get out as much as I can with, with everything being as close as it is. 
Um, and there's a bunch of duck ponds and stuff on the state land that are right around my house too. So just, just get your priorities will shift, like you said, so I won't be spending as much time driving, you know, out to my parents' places I normally do, but it's, I, it's only been a few days, but I can definitely tell it's going to be great to be able to go and hunt and be back home a couple hours after daylight and, you know, have a little girl waiting at home. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too mad about it this year. Maybe, you know, I don't think I'll regret it. And I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are going to say the same thing. So I, I, I'm going to enjoy the time that I have here and just try to spend as much of it as close to my house as I can. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my, uh, now I've not done any like Western hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's been like one of those things that I keep wanting to do, wanting to do, but you, you will, you'll soon find out like kids make it tough. Um, yeah. but I got married in September like an idiot thought it was a great idea <laughs> but it's like mid-september is when i got married so like every year i'm like oh man this would be a great week to be out west and kate's like oh so what do you want to do for our, your our anniversary this year i'm like yeah mm, about that how about you send me to colorado for exactly. our anniversary exactly <laughs> my uh that was it's funny because when we found out the due actually today I, i'm just looking at the calendar right now actually today was supposed to be uh the due date for okay our baby. so i told my wife i'm like you know what's gonna happen I enjoy trying to hunt like the 26th through the 5th, like I was telling you or whatever it was. And I'm like, I will bet that she's going to show up like November 1st, <laughs> right in the middle of everything. I'm, and I was wrong, obviously, but she's like, well, you know, it's not, it's something, you know, if it happens, it happens. You just have to have to deal with it. And I'm like, that's easier said than done. Yeah. But I mean, it, it is what it is. You would have had to make it work either way, but yeah, pretty close to the due date though. That's uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think she was uh, she was four days early, so not bad. Yeah, no, um, yeah. Well, I I think we're gonna have to figure out a time to to get out duck hunting, man. Or at least I'm gonna have to tag along with you guys so I can figure something out. Hey, Try to more, learn more a little bit, right? Because, man, like I said, I feel like I would just be, you know, going out there super blind. I mean, I don't even have decoys or any of that. I mean, it's gonna be next year before before he's ready. I mean, he's only shoot four months or three months old at this point yeah okay. he's 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 young he's he's small yet well we'll but, uh we'll keep in touch here because i've got a, a the perfect storm basically here as far as goose hunts go there's a the pond that they all roost in is a half mile down the road and a half mile in the other direction uh, i've talking to the farmer there he's got a cornfield that's not cut yet ah. so i told him to let me know when he's going to chop that down and try to get in there the first day while those geese are flying over top of it. That that's going to be some fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, there you go. And to have that relationship that, yeah, we're going to take the corn out today. Like, okay, I'll be there tomorrow. Yep. Right. That yep. kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Well, that'll be Dra- good. Drop a card off and say, Hey, give me a call whenever you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. No. And the fact that you and I don't live all that far apart, that'll certainly, no. that'll certainly help. No, it's a quick drive actually. Yeah. All right, Aaron, it's late. You got to, Go be a dad, man. Go yeah, go hang out. Whether she's asleep or not, you know she'll be up soon. I think uh, I think actually it's about bath time. My wife wanted to do that tonight, so hopefully we can give her a bath and it'll tire her out and she'll want to go to bed. Yeah, there you go. Well, Aaron, dude, thanks a bunch for uh, joining me tonight. It was good to catch up, talk deer hunting, share some stories, and uh, good luck the rest of the way here. Thanks, man. You too. It's always great to talk. All right, Aaron. Take care, man. You too. Yep. All right. Well, thank you again to Aaron for joining me today. Uh, be sure to like, rate, subscribe, share all that good stuff uh, with the Michigan Wild Podcast wherever you are listening. Uh, I appreciate all of the support. Um, 
yeah, episode 10. We are double digits into this thing. A um, lot of great stuff to come in the future and uh, really excited for you guys to hear it. So until next week, stay wild, Michigan. <laughs>